<clears throat> people are God's favorites. We've looked at this over and over again. Last week we had a little bit of a history lesson on how favor came to us and why it's important. We got glimpses of the fact that, that we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden that, that before the fall of man, that, that man, Adam and Eve, had, had a, an assignment. They said to, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth. Even back then, God saw the earth full of his, his offspring, offspring of people knowing Him and connecting with Him. We look all the way to the end, to Revelations, and we see heaven filled with a sea of people, of humanity, that no man can number. This is just God's heart. He wants lots and lots of people in His family. And we have to understand that that is what he is about. That is why he's opened up this thing where it's totally about favor. It is about him doing the work for us and we being the recipients of it. And so, but if we don't, if we don't catch it, we're not going to interact with it, right? And we'll end up hurting our own selves. Years and years ago, back when I was about 15 years old, um, uh, my dad and I and a couple of other father and sons went on this big hike. We'd never gone backpacking before. So we went backpacking up in uh, the Guadalupe Mountains and hiked up to McKittrick Ridge. It was a nine-mile hike, camp, turn around and come nine miles back. It was 18 miles in two days. And don't know if you haven't been there, it's pretty rugged. And um, the guy that was leading us was uh, ex-Special Forces. And so really what he did is he took us on a death march is what he did. And so it was just, his, the pace that he set, I mean, it was just, it was just absolutely, it was just relentless. And so we didn't get too many miles into the hike, and my dad twists his knee. And so he twists his knee, and we, he finally, you know, we had packed in lots of water, because there's not, you know, no water out there. And so there, you, we packed in all our water, and well, he finally hiked in, it took him Till well into the night, we'd all had camp, gone to sleep, and he finally, at some point in the middle of the night, made it to where we were, just falls down and sleeps like you know, on this little plate. He didn't even pitch his tent or anything, just conks out and sleeps on a, like a dill of needles or something. He was apparently laying where a doe liked to sleep because she snorted at him and woke him up. She was all in his face. He, he, he took her bed. She wasn't happy about it. And um, so we get up the next day, and it's time to come down, and my dad's knee is swollen. And he, so we just go ahead and head out, and we're like, well, we're going to find a park ranger, and they're going to come help you. Just get along as far as you can. And park ranger, we eventually make contact, and the park ranger is talking and help bringing him in and tells us that the uh, a ridiculous number of people that when they're out in a place like that and they have these canteens and they have the water with them, the people that they fi- so many people that they find that have died of dehydration die with water in their canteens. They had it on their person. They had water in their canteens and they die. But they get into this place that they so want to conserve and they don't want to be without that they go without and die. And so what we want to make sure that we as believers, the Bible tells us that we perish because of lack of knowledge. That we, we need to understand. We need to have an understanding of what we have. And that's one of the Holy Spirit's biggest roles is to help us understand 
who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, so that we don't needlessly suffer when it's just right there with us all the time. Second Peter 1, 2 <clears throat> says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. In abundance. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. This is one more Scripture that plays into the fact that it is a big deal to us that we help you grow in knowing God better and trusting Him more. The more we understand uh, who He is and what He's done for us, the more we can trust Him. And that trust is this life of faith that we so desire to live. And so we covered it extensively last week that you and I are reborn into God's favor. That's why we're favored. We're born of it. We're born into it. It's ours by rebirth right. It is ours. But you know what? You and I, we need to learn how to respond to it. We need to learn how to connect with it. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we may understand what God has freely given us. Has freely made available to us. So we can understand it. It's already done. Not so we can have the little tricks. So we can learn how to earn it a little better. And, and do all this. No. But we can understand what's already ours. That we, that we have been given it. So with this. With this understanding. That we have this favor. That we are favorites. That we are born into it. One of the first things we need to understand. Is that we do not need to waste the favor. Okay. We don't need to waste it. We need to allow God to lavish it upon us. And we need to understand what it means to operate and, and enjoy the favor of God. We need to not waste it. Now, we need to make sure we are on the same page on a, on a word that we're, that's a, it tends to be a churchy word. It does, it's not necessarily a religious word, but it's become one in our language. But we need to, we're going to need to get on the same page with this word and what it means. Because when I'll say it in a minute, it's going to bring up a, a, a totally different connotation, especially if you've grown up in church. Okay, but we need to understand what it really means. And uh, I mean, we ran into this with Brooklyn years ago when she was about five years old. You know, and um, we were doing, we'd do some little quizzes and all that kind of stuff. And we were going over some, for some reason, some sort of geography or something. And I asked Brooklyn. I said, Brooklyn, what is the capital of Texas? So she sits and thinks about it. And I'm telling you, seriously, with all conviction, she says, T. <laughs> Take you a minute. She was right. The capital of the word Texas is T. That was not what I was talking about. I'm looking for Austin. And uh, what was hilarious is I had journaled that because it was funny. And I was going through my journals years later. She's 15 now. But when she was 13, I was going through them. And I ran across that little story. And I read it to her. And, and uh, Brooklyn, who is as blonde and fair-skinned as they come, goes, man, I really am blonde, aren't I? <laughs> Brooklyn, those are your words, baby. I did, I did not do that to you. But this word, we're going to have this connotation. I said capital, and she went one way with it. And it was the right definition. But I meant something totally different. Okay? We're about to look at this story, OK? 
okay, that we in Christendom, the Bible doesn't call it this. We have called it this. It is the story of the prodigal son. And when we say prodigal, most people are going to have this idea and say, well, what does prodigal mean? Most people from the story of the prodigal son means this, means like wayward or this rebellious or this person that's just, just kind of shunned and, and, and walked away. No, when you look it up, prodigal means wasteful. That's simply what prodigal means. It simply means wasteful. It means lavish, to spend lavishly to the point of excess. That is what this story is about, is wastefulness. That is what it is. So let's go ahead and let's jump with that understanding in mind. Let's jump into Luke chapter 15. It says, Jesus continued. He had already told a couple of parables about something that was disconnected that got reconnected. He told the story about the 99, the, the 99 sheep that stayed, the one sheep that wandered off. He t- told the story about the, the 10 coins. One of them was lost, another one found. He's now brought it down. Here's the third story. It says, there was a man who had two sons two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate okay give me my inheritance now when is an estate when does it split up when dad's dead so here he is this young man is treating his living father and says look i you know i'm not gonna like bump you off dad i just I just want I would just want what you would give me. I'm I'm tired of waiting on you. You know, you are just you live too long. I want it now. And so he is asking for his share of it. So this dad who doesn't have to comply does it. Figures it out and splits it up. Now, you have to understand that there, and this is, remember, Jesus is a Jew, and he's talking to Jews, and this is all done in the, in the Jewish fashion, and that the oldest son, this is the younger one, the oldest son, the oldest child, always got a double portion, okay? So it was real easy, the way you would work that out, like, like with my children. I've got six kids. So then we would take it, you add one share into it, so now then you add, and you take whatever was, was, the inheritance at the end, divided by seven. I have six kids, you divide it by seven. My oldest son, Keenan, would get two chunks of that. Everybody else would get one chunk. He would get a double portion. Okay? I'm one of three. Okay? They would, my parents would then divide it up into four chunks. I would get two chunks. That's 50% of it. My sisters would get... We come down, this is two so they divide it into three pieces. The younger one gets his third and goes. Okay? The two-thirds that are left are remain to the other brother. And so he takes his third of his dad's wealth and he goes off. And he, his dad gives it to him and they divided his property between them. Didn't just give him, just didn't give his one son his chunk. He went ahead and divvied it up. He divided, it says right here, he divided his property between them, the two boys. Not long after that, didn't take long. Boy had his, still didn't like being under dad's thumb, under his roof. I got all that's mine, but dad's just, he's cramping my style. I'm out of here. 
and said the younger son got, <clears throat> got his stuff together, all that he had, and set off for a distant country, and there squandered, wasted his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Again, this is a Jewish context. There wasn't anything lower than pigs in the Jewish world. There just wasn't anything lower. They couldn't eat them, touch them, be around them, nothing. They were just vile. And here this guy is stooped so low that he's having to tend to and make sure these pigs are alive and there's their well-being. And then it goes even worse than that. He gets so hungry that he has longed to fill his own stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So here he is. He's not just tending to pigs. Now he wishes he could eat the pig food. That's looking good to him. He wishes he could eat it. He can't eat it. Nobody will give it to him. He wants it. That is where his coveting. He initially coveted what his daddy had. Took his chunk. Now he's down here and he's coveting what the pigs have. He is down at the low, low end of this thing. He has wasted. His daddy didn't have to do that. This son didn't earn any of this. The dad did the earning. The dad took care of it. He asked for it. The dad went above and beyond the call of duty and split it up and gave it to him. And he went, see ya. Really, I was just in this. I was just in this for what I could get. And I'm done. I'm out of here. See ya. And goes and wastes it. He doesn't recognize relationship. He doesn't recognize that the dad is just lavishing all of this on him. When it gets down to it, when it gets down to it in the sense, in the true sense of the word, we can call the father, a prodigal father, that he is so giving that it is lavish and feels almost wasteful. That it is so extreme and so abundant and so huge. Let's look at Romans 6. It says, what shall we say then? This is talking about us being and taking this principle that we have received the favor of God, that we are in relationship with God because of what Jesus did. We are in relationship because of what our older brother Jesus Christ has done for us. We're in relationship with it. So how are now are we going to respond to it? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? This grace is awesome. Let's sin some more and get some more grace. It'd be, you know, sit there, man, I just love it when my wife forgives me, so I'm really going to tick her off so I can get some more of this awesome forgiveness. What? That's, that's jacked up. That's messed up. No, that makes no sense. Verse 2, by no means. We died to sin. How can we live any longer in it? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? That death was taken care of. It was done. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. What a waste of a Christian life to take the beauty and the freedom that we have of being favored people and to say, thanks, Pop. 
appreciate it. I'm on my own now. I'm going to go and do this how I want to do it. Thanks for giving me something that I didn't earn. I appreciate it. It's wasteful. It's wasteful. That's why you and I, as believers, we can't be in that. We understand that we don't earn it, that he did it, that we're born into this just like this young man. But our proper response is to not waste it, is to recognize that Daddy did this because he loves us. This is about relationship. This is about relationship. And we see that what we can do is what happens here. What happens next in this young man's life. What you and I need to do is embrace that favor. We need to embrace the goodness. We need to fully connect with it. Luke, the very next verse, verse 17, it says, Then he came to his senses and he said, How many of my father's hired men have food enough to spare? The guys who work for him, man, they're set. I don't have to be going after this pig slop. If daddy will just hire me, I can come back and I'll just work for it. He's good and I'll work for his goodness and I'm going to be okay. And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and I'll go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like a hired man. Don't even recognize me as a son anymore. He's still not getting what the favor of the father. He's still not getting it. Just, I, I just don't have to worry about calling me son. Just, just hire me. Just let me work for you. I know you're a good taskmaster. You're not going to abuse me. Just let me work for this. Just let me work for it. So he got up and he went to his father. And I love this. While he was still a long way off. He was a long way off. Father was peeking down. He had to glance down there multiple times a day. Had to be watching hoping, somewhere knowing that at some point his son was going to come back and he had already decided how he was going to connect with him when he did. And says, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and waited with folded arms so he could hear the boys eat dirt speech. Mm -mm. And strolled to him to just casually... Meet him. He ran. He ran. This dignified, wealthy property owner pulls up his robe, hems, and runs. Runs to this guy that wasted everything that he had gave him. But you know what? Apparently, there was still more to give. Apparently, there was still more to give. And he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He starts his speech, and the father is just, is just holding on to him and embracing him. Folks, this is what God wants us to do with his favor. He wants us to recognize his goodness. When his son, when it, his, it came to himself, he recognized his daddy was good. He recognized his daddy was good. He had the wrong idea and he was going to go earn it. Just let me earn it. You're good and I'll earn it. But Papa said, uh-uh. And 
comes to him. Let's look at Hebrews 4. It says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You think younger son needed some mercy? You think he was in a time of need? He wasn't approaching confidently. He was approaching with a prepared speech and I'm, I'm sorry and just let me earn it. But you and I, we people of favor, we understand that he is laughing. When we need mercy, when we are in our place of need, when we are, don't feel like we're worthy to be called our, the son or child of God anymore, that's when we have the confidence because of what Jesus, because it's favor. We're not in this religious game earning it. We've played our little religious cards right. It's God did it and this is favor, folks. This is favor. Ephesians 3 says, According to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in Him and through Him, <clears throat> through faith in Him, we approach God with freedom and confidence. Luke 15 carries the story on. And the Father said to His servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Put it on Him. Put a ring on His finger and sandals on His feet. That ring was that recognized that He was a son. It was this recognition of his family right and his family honor. Clothe him. It's not just a regular, not just a regular robe, the best robe. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let's have a feast and let's celebrate. Why? It was because the relationship was more important. Folks, God has lavished his favor on us because his relationship with us is more important than anything else. It's more important than all of heaven's resources. It's more important than anything else. It is about relationship. He loves us. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And so he celebrated. What a beautiful picture, right? What a beautiful, gorgeous, awesome picture. Yeah, but not everybody thought so. Not everybody caught it. He wrote a video. So I'm sure you've heard of my brother, the prodigal son, the one who, who practically stole his inheritance by asking my father for it before he was dead. I mean, who does that? And he took the money so that he could go and live like a rock star. Parties, booze, women, drugs, all while living under our family's good name. He never even contacted us. After a while, we began to think he never would. And then tonight, on my way home from work, there are cars parked everywhere, and I can't manage to get a spot. I have to park all the way away from the house, and I get out of the car, and I start walking toward the house, and one of my neighbors comes out. My neighbor walks up to me. He's ecstatic. He's, he's stumbling over words, and finally he gets out, your brother is home. Really? No, not my brother, my father's son. And apparently he told my father some sob story about how after the money was all gone, he began to feel very sorry for what he had done. Kind of convenient, don't you think? My father bought it. He, he took the bait and decided to throw a party for this con artist of a son. After all that he had done, he tells one little story and he's back in the family as if nothing had ever happened. Well, I'm not going in. I'm not going to the party. I, 
I'm not going to believe what everybody inside there believes. People don't change like that. And so I, I turned around and I started to walk back toward my car. Evidently, my father was watching. He came running out of the house and he came up to me and he started begging me to come inside. He started begging me to come to the party. Well, I'd had enough of this idiocy. And so I turned around and I shouted right in his face, look, all this time I've been with you. I've been slaving for you and I've never once disobeyed you. And this son of yours, who's wasted all your wealth, comes home and you throw a party for him. But when I was looking at his face, I noticed that it had changed. And I noticed that all the frustration that I had seen in him was gone. And he just looked at me and he, and he lovingly said, My son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. We had to have a party because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. But I say, after all that he's put us through, let him stay dead. My father acted as if the money didn't matter. He acted as if, as if nothing mattered. Nothing that my brother did or said Nothing that he acted as or posed as mattered at all. He was simply overjoyed to have him home. But doesn't it matter? Doesn't everything that he did matter? I think it does. And if I go into that party, I'll be acting like nothing ever happened. But it did. And so, doesn't it matter? See, the other waste, the other waste of the favor is to not recognize it as favor. It's to try to earn it. Somebody just like somebody comes and does something for you and they just want to bless you and they come and wash your car and you're like, oh man, thanks, thanks for doing me that favor. I, I, I want to, let me give you 50 bucks. No, I did it for you. I didn't want you to spend money on your car. Why? To try to earn it, try to pay for it, to try to, to make it where we did it is the, in another waste of favor. <clears throat> Here, let's look at it. The older brother <clears throat> in verse 29, he says, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. And you, you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You remember? That it said the father split his stuff among them. Right then and there we knew that everything that was still there was the older brothers. He didn't get it. He didn't get it that daddy had lavished on him just like he lavished on the other one. He actually even had a double portion. He had even more. And Papa has to come in here at the end in verse 31 and says, My son, you're always with me relationship my son that was far off is back relationship i've got as daddy i've got what i want my boy's with me and reminds him all i have is yours i split it was his the whole time and he was living in it and missing it the whole time he kept trying to earn it and it was already his it was already his but it's about relationship folks 
you and I this favor thing. It's a tragedy for us to say, thank you, God, for taking care of me. And man, I'm born into favor in Jesus. You, 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 you did me right by taking care of my sin. And, and you know what? Thank you. And now I'm going to go do my thing. That, that, that's a tragedy. That is a waste of the favor. Has it still been poured out? Yes. Does Father still consider you a son? Yes. What a waste. But again, what a waste to stay right there, right there in it and try to earn it. And folks, a lot of good church-going believers are this older brother. A lot of us will try to do that and think, ah, you know, man, I've, I've, I've been right here. I've been serving you. I've been slaving after you, God. And then here, you know, there's just this, this, this grace, this favor. People, they ought to act better if they're going to use your name. They ought to do all this and get all of this. No, no. Folks, this is about daddy's heart for a bigger family. This is about relationship. It ain't about the stuff. It ain't even about the favor. It's about why favor was poured out. Because he wants us to be in relationship with him. That is it. And that is it. Galatians 4 sums this part of it up so beautifully. Are you trying to be justified? You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. What is it as a believer to fall away from grace? Is it to go out and act like an idiot all the time? No, what's to be falling away from grace is to act like you have to earn it. It's not grace anymore if you're earning it. It's payment for good behavior. And that's not what this is about. That is not what this is about at all. Folks, God has given us His Son, and through Him we are reborn as children of God. Now, how are we going to treat that favor? Let's not waste it on our stupid live how like God doesn't exist anymore and let's not waste it by acting like we have to earn everything for him because we don't let's just embrace what he wants to do in our lives and let's embrace what he wants first and foremost relationship knowing that God has spent heaven's best to make us his favorites should keep us moving forward and knowing him better and trusting him more folks that is what this is all about so that's what we want right here and right now Let's have a family reconnection. Now. Now. I don't want anybody looking around. And if you feel like this fits you on any form. If you feel like you've been going through this religious motion. And you've been trying to earn it. And you've been trying to do all this. Then, then you're a prodigal. You've been wasting it. And let's fix it right now. If you've been saying, hey, thank you Jesus. Thank you for the favor. I'm just going to kind of do what I want to. Thanks for saving me and I'm out of here. I'm going to do my thing. And that's a prodigal. If you're completely on the outside of the family, you can say yes to God right now. Because it is by, He's just poured it out on us. If you're here this morning and you're needing to reconnect with the heart of our Father, not a religious practice, but just say, Daddy, I recognize you just want to know me. And I want to know you. And it's by Jesus that it's done. Through him we're born into favor. And I embrace that he did death for me so I could have his life. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray. Yes. 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 Amen. With nobody looking around... But I want all of us who are the family, let's just, let's just put our voices together. 
And if I'm just going to lend you these words. These aren't magic words. What the difference is you making them your own. And just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for favor. I thank you that you did it all. That in Jesus the price is paid. And I can be part of the family. Because of what he's done. Today my death was done by him. And his life is my life. My trust is in you. And I embrace your favor. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Yes. Ain't anything better. We've got some folks over here who have some resources. If that's you this morning, if that connects with you on any level, we've got some resources over here. Larry and Beth would love to answer any questions you may have or pray with you. And we'd love to get these resources into your hands. We've got uh, the Lahones here who if you've got any prayer needs whatsoever, they are ready to pray with you. Let's just stand up and I'm going to pray over you as we go out of here. Let's do this, folks.